0: Sometimes what you think is living your best life isn't actually close to living at all. And that's what happened to me. I was so focused on being successful at work, being a high flyer in business that I didn't stop to consider what success actually meant to me. I started to realize that success and happiness are two completely different things and happiness was eluding me, but I really wasn't sure where to look. On one particularly low day, on a whim, I just decided to book a trip to Bali, which ended up being one of the most powerful and life-changing experiences I'd ever had. And once I got on the island, I just started to work it out. I started to get a glimpse that there was a different way to approach life, a way that helped give me some meaning and purpose and perspective on what it was to be happy. But what actually is happiness? Is feeling good that short-term buzz that you get from eating your favourite food or hitting a target at work, getting a new car? Or is it something deeper, something more meaningful? And I sensed it was. And once I arrived in Bali, the magic of it just opened my eyes that there is a more balanced way of life. But I, I couldn't stay long, it was just a fortunate accidental discovery and eventually I had to return home but I was left with more questions than answers. So now I'm going to go back with an open and curious mind and fully immerse myself in the island culture. I'm going to explore and experience different alternative therapies that supposedly will get me closer to what I'm looking for, ways that might help me live a happier and more fulfilled life. And whilst it's a nice thought, it's not realistic for us to visit Bali every time we need some help or support with our life journey. So I want to know how I might be able to find some of these Balinese techniques, habits and rituals and bring them back, bring them into our daily lives wherever we are in the world to help us get closer to the person we want to be. I'm Jade English and this is Finding Feel Good.
1: So for me, if everybody practiced box breathing for 15 minutes in the morning and added one second to their count every month... Like it would change people's emotional regulation and capacities and our perspective of the world would also change as well. we mm-hmm. would be way less reactive, way more tolerant, way more accepting. Probably things that we could all practice right now.
2: One of the main things that it does is that it turns down what we call the parts of your brain that are responsible for that chatter, that monkey mind. That part of your brain that also plugs you into the world through your five senses, it starts to down-regulate the activity in these parts of the brain and it starts to upregulate the activity in the emotional centers of the brain and also the parts of the brain that are responsible for things like long-term memory.
0: So it's been a few days since we did the Women's Circle now and we've just been milling around really, going on the scooter, which I am obsessed with. It, don't know what it is, it literally just makes you feel so free whenever you ride on the scooter, but uh, producer Juliet's a little bit of a win when it comes to coming on the back. <laughs> Sorry Juliet. I had to say that. So the other day we met with Edward, who we're actually doing the breath work with later on today, and it was so good, we literally met for a coffee to discuss what we were going to do over the episode, and I think two hours passed and before we know it, we'd put, put the world to rights and we've just taken Briar out for lunch to say thank you for her amazing women's circle. And last night we went for a walk along the beach and I swear to God, the sunsets are magical. I don't know if you can hear a cock call in the background, but that keeps waking me up every morning. Um, But I have to admit, I've been quite lucky. The jet lag's not been too bad. I have started thinking ever since the women's circle about whether this journey is going to be something different to what I expected. Before we came out here, I thought each sort of experience would teach me something and fix me there. Whereas I'm starting to wonder if the insights I've had from the women's circle are actually going to be something that I can then transfer into the breath work, And then if the whatever comes from the breathwork will then help me with my life coaching session it's making me think everything is going to unfold potentially in a different way to how I expected. So today I'm going to try breathwork here in Changu with Edward Dangerfield. I spoke with Richie Bostock before we flew out here to find out more about what breathwork actually is and what I should expect from it. Richie Bostock is also known as the breath guy He's a leading figure and evangelist for Breathwork and he is a Breathwork coach, author and speaker and runs corporate Breathwork workshops for the likes of Lululemon, Deloitte and Liberty London. He has created an app, Flourish, which takes you through Breathwork journeys and the Sunday Times style has called him the best in the business. So I'm going to go to Bali and I'm going to experience breathwork out there in quite an intense setting I think. I mean I've only ever done breathwork with you and actually I did it once for like a very short period of time in Bali years and years and years ago. Can I get an explanation of what the hell it is and what it does because it's really hard to put into words isn't it? Like when I came and saw you I remember you lay me down and sort of put your hand on top of my chest I think it was on top of my chest I mean I can't really remember there would have been one on your belly at one point one on your chest at one point yeah well I felt really safe when you were doing it I felt like I was accessing different parts of my brain whilst we were breathing but to anyone who's listening and has never done breath work before how would you explain what you're doing and why and why it does actually feel pretty damn good (laughs) Mm. Yeah, that should be the tagline
2: of breath work. Feels pretty damn good. Let's kind of set on maybe some definitions just to begin with, just so that we're all on the same page. Because breath work itself really is any time that you become aware of your breathing and then start to change it to create some sort of physical, mental, or emotional benefit for yourself. So that's actually quite a broad definition and it can involve Breathing for two to three minutes in a certain way, you know, to help you to relax, for example, or to help you to fall asleep or to create energy. And then in its more involved forms, you have things like the yogic styles of breathwork, pranayama, the Chinese medical styles of breathing within qigong, things like the Wim Hof method, which are becoming quite popular these days, Buteyko method, these kinds of things. And these are more involved breath practices that might take more like 10, 15, 20 minutes where you're really using your breath with purpose to create some sort of physical, mental, or emotional benefit for yourself. But what we're talking about here is a category of breath work, you could say, called integrative breath work, where you use the breath to create Really beneficial therapeutic outcomes. So, what that traditionally looks like, and you know, there's many types of integrative breath work, is that you lie down on the ground on a mat or sometimes on a bed or something like that. And you breathe in a certain way for anywhere between 40 minutes to three hours, sometimes, you know, some forms of breath work go for a really long time. Usually it's around that 40 minutes to an hour, hour and 10 or so. That style of breathing creates some very real physiological changes in the body, in your cardiovascular system, in the balance of gases in your blood, and how your nervous system is firing, and even how your brain is firing. And one of the main things that it does is that it turns down what we call the parts of your brain that are responsible for that chatter, that monkey mind that part of your brain that also plugs you into the world through your five senses, it starts to down-regulate the activity in these parts of the brain and starts to up-regulate the activity in the emotional centers of the brain and also the parts of the brain that are responsible for things like long-term memory. So what we can do from this place is almost kind of like give the emotional part of you a bit of a spring clean. So if you're holding on to any we could call it trauma, emotional density, or you know belief patterns that aren't useful for you, that you're carrying forward from perhaps your childhood. Then you can actually use this breath to become aware of them and actually to safely integrate them so that they aren't affecting you in your unconscious mind and in your unconscious body. So as a way of sort of emotional, you could call it spring cleaning, it's very, very powerful, and you know people can work through, Years and years and years of trauma in a single session, sometimes. You know, it can be a very, very powerful tool. But then also, it can be an incredible tool for insight because, again, of the things that are changing, the way that your brain is changing, you start to perceive things slightly different. You start to gain new ideas or new perspectives on things, similar to kind of what you did. You know, you had this vision of hippie Jade and businesswoman Jade who. Luckily now you know that they can coexist together, which is beautiful. So yeah, you can gain lots of insights, get messages, open up to perhaps some more transpersonal or transcendental experiences. It's not uncommon for people to have experiences of meeting past loved ones and being able to talk to them, obviously through their own sort of you know clairvoyance and claircognition, but they're able to connect to that energy. You know, maybe even meet. Angelic beings, spiritual beings, to gain insight, to gain messages, and potentially have spontaneous physical healing sometimes, you know, so it might sound quite strange and quite weird and a bit out there and in some ways it certainly is, but what's so great about it is that you're just breathing, and that's it, you know it's we're not taking a magic pill or a magic potion in order to get to these states, you're using your internal chemistry and your internal you know, the tools that you have within you in order to create these beautiful experiences.
0: I was reading something the other day, actually, and it was saying, we experience the world through our five senses. So what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, etc. But a dog can hear a lot more than you can hear. And a cat can see much more than you can see in the dark. Bats can hear more and all of that. So I'm wondering if it's this breath work is allowing you to access different parts of your brain that maybe we're not used to experiencing with our day-to-day busy lives. Is that something that you think could be the case? 100%. And
2: it's actually something that they've seen when they do studies around the use of psychedelic medicines. So things like LSD, things like psilocybin's, the active component in magic mushrooms, What actually happens when people use these very powerful tools is a dampening down or a down regulation of activity in the parts of your brain, like we're talking about that are kind of in control of plugging you into this world. So it's almost like if our brain is a filter to consciousness or to experience, you're removing or lessening the filter when you do things like these psychedelic experiences or breath work, which I believe is the exact same thing neurologically i believe that to be the case i don't think it's actually been scientifically proven yet but based off how we understand of the physiology of what happens when you breathe in this certain way for a certain amount of time it makes a lot of sense so yeah i completely agree with you you know at the end of the day everything is energy and everything is frequency right you try and break us down into the smallest components possible We know which we used to think was the atom, but then we open up the atom, we realize all this other stuff too. But when you really get down to it, put aside the neutrons, electrons, the protons, the quarks, we're 99.99999% empty space. So, what we are really is just an interaction of fields of frequency, and so is the rest of the world. And that frequency starts very, very slow and dense and goes to very, very high and fast. And there's this interesting in-between area of parts that we can perceive and parts that we can't perceive. You're so right, you know. I think when we are able to almost change the lens that we use to observe this band of frequency that we call the material world or existence, then we get to experience more of what's there. And I can speak from personal experience of through breath work, having very, very profound moments with eyes open of experiencing the world in a very different way. So the best way to explain it is, have you seen the matrix? Yeah. So remember at the very end of the first matrix, when Neo finally becomes the one and they look at his vision, and he sees everything as the matrix code. Yeah. So for something very, very similar to that, where you start to see how the world is made of geometry, how the world is made of numbers and equations. And I just remember, <laughs> I just kind of remember having this moment, not to say that I'm even close to as smart as a Tesla or something like that, but just looking at everything and being like, oh, this must be what Tesla saw. You know, <laughs> like it's the relationship with how everything's put together, made out of the same source material, which at the end of the day is probably, is you could just call it frequency. I yeah. Think especially spiritual ways of thinking, will give it a different name. They'll call it unified field, the quantum field, the source energy of everything that is, all these kinds of things. I Right now I'm really enjoying thinking of everything as frequency. And yeah, we get to experience it differently if we open ourselves up to practices that allow us to make real changes physiologically in what's happening inside of us, which is what's cool. You can measure these changes, you know, in a very scientific way. But then through those changes, your lens of perception flips on its head. And the world gets very interesting.
0: Yeah. Have you seen anything amazing through your clients when you're doing this breathwork? Because I mean, I personally, I I remember I started crying in our session. I was quite calm. I was fine. And then it was almost as if like some emotion or something got dislodged in my body and came up to my brain. And I just remember almost becoming a bit, I I kind of felt unconscious, but I was conscious at the same time. And it coming up and not like a, Blubbering cry, but like a a release. I can't even explain it. Does that happen a lot?
2: Oh, I mean, when people come to do integrative breath work, you know, that is a very, very common occurrence. We are working through our emotional bodies, our emotional stuff that we hold on to. And, you know, that can be experienced in many ways, you know, like similar to yours, you might feel something move up through the body and you become aware and conscious of it. And all of a sudden you need to release or express it in some way through crying, screaming, whatever it is, all that good stuff (laughs) that we're supposed to do all the time, really, you know, but we've uh, been taught not to. But then there's also, you know, a lot of people will kind of have similar experiences to what I shared, you know, they might start to potentially interact with, you know, spiritual beings of a higher order or, you know, interact with past loved ones. You know, I had one, a little while ago, I was breathe, breathe, this one fellow and we're just breathing, breathing. And all of a sudden I just felt that the room that we were in became just full of people, you know, didn't see anything, but just could feel, oh my gosh, like this room just became very full. Anyway, didn't make much of it just made sure they were friendly and they were. At the end, the guy kind of comes out of the session and he just looks at me and he goes, hey, Rich, question, are you a medium? I go, no. And he goes, huh. And then we just kind of look at each other for a bit. And then I go, is it because of all the people that came into the room? And he's like, yes. You know, and what he felt was that all his ancestors had come in to support him through this tough process that he was going through and that he physically felt all these hands on his body, like holding him. It's crazy, isn't it? So, and at the end, it was interesting. At the end, he had just kind of had his hands out above his head like this, you know, just kind of outstretched. And what he was saying was that there were two people on either side holding his hands. Lots of interesting stuff can happen. And when you're in this work for long enough, nothing surprises you anymore. You kind of have those transpersonal, transcendental experiences, but even things as undeniable as instant remission of physical issues. You know, I once had a lady four years before seeing me was in a car crash and has since then had chronic lower back pain, like really debilitating lower back pain. And during the breathwork session, her experience was that she saw a golden lion appear on top of her. And then it went through the crown of her head and then went down through her spine. And as it got to the points where she experienced pain, what she felt was her, the way she explained it, it, was like it was like someone was popping bubble wrap in that area. So it was like a pop, 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 pop kind of feeling. And from that one experience, pain gone and hasn't come back since. So lots of interesting things can happen. And I think it all just points to potential of what is possible for us as human beings.
0: Definitely. I mean, so you got into breathwork, didn't you, because of your dad and him being ill. What led you to this point then?
2: Yeah. So dad years and years ago was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. Mm, Yeah. So I was looking for ways to be able to help him because it's an autoimmune disease, like all autoimmune issues. There isn't a magic pill that you can take and all of a sudden it's gone. It's You don't take a course of antibiotics and it's gone. It's something that people often deal with for a lifetime. It was through my research that I came across Wim Hof, the Iceman himself. His technique of breath work and cold exposure is something that's really great for everybody's general health and well-being. And when I mean cold exposure, it can be as simple as taking a cold shower first thing in the morning you know? So kind of cold exposure exercises, this combination of breath work and cold exposure is great for everybody. But what caught my attention with it was in this interview that I was listening to with him, he shared how it seems to be very helpful for people who have autoimmune problems like MS. And so I was like, all right, well, let's see what this is about. And then I ended up traveling to Poland to do a retreat in this Wim Hof method We did all the crazy stuff that Wim does. You know, we're there in the middle of winter in this tiny little village and we're hiking around in the snow, barefoot in our shorts, minus three degrees outside. We're (laughs) swimming in the ice lakes. We climb the tallest mountain in Poland in our shorts, minus 19 degrees at the top. Oh, As you do. As you do, just very normal. (laughs) Um, It was quite funny. There was like a bunch of army guys doing training exercises in the same time that we were climbing the mountain and they were like, obviously all rugged up in their winter gear. And they looked at us and they're like a no.
0: bunch of 25
2: oh. year olds, <laughs> you know, people, men, women fit, not fit, just, you know, just an odd collection of human beings who decide they want to run around their pants in the snow. And yeah, it was, you know, incredible. But once more just goes to show that we don't know what we are capable of as human beings yet. But to cut a long story short, you know, coming back home and sharing the technique with my dad, and it was through the Wim Hof method and then also a big change in his diet as well, that from that moment on, since he started practicing and eating differently, that the progression of his MS completely stopped in its tracks.
0: That's crazy. My auntie's got MS and I've seen her, unfortunately, deteriorate a lot over the years. And the thought that that could even help it a little bit, sounds what everyone's looking for, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. And what's so great about Wim and his team is they're trying to bring as much science to this technique as possible. They haven't done any specific studies for MS, but they did do a study for rheumatoid arthritis. So another autoimmune disease with really remarkable results. And so you can freely go on the internet and read up about it and go, yeah, you know what? breathing, cold exposure can have a massive impact on our immune response. It's in scientific literature now. So
0: it's very, very exciting. It is exciting. So how did you end up making the transition from that ice work experience into breath work? So by this point,
2: I had already left the consulting work and I was in the world of digital entrepreneurship, I learned how to code by this point and was building apps and websites and that kind of thing. You know, we started seeing these things, results happen for dad. But then also, just through my own experience, the Wim Hof method, just having the most amazing breakthroughs for myself just by doing this little method. So, at that point in my life, I was still very, very lost. You know, I made some big changes in my life and had moved in another direction, but I was still so unsure about what it was that I was supposed to be doing. You know, breathwork really just grabbed me by the ear and went, look, pay attention to me. Look at this. And again, it's that intuition that comes through. Even, you know, going to Poland, there was an intuition that was saying there's something here that you need to experience and you need to see. And so once I got to experience it and saw the effects on my dad and then also for myself, I just became obsessed and asked myself the question, well, if breathing can do this, what else can it do? And I started doing some research online and started finding all these different people all over the world who were doing and using the breath in different ways. And I just decided, this is it. I'm going to travel and meet these people and learn from them and see what this is all about. So I traveled for about three and a half years, learning from all sorts of different people, whether they were breath workers, yogis, doctors, academic researchers, counselors, therapists, psychologists, Physiotherapists, elite athletic coaches, you know, all sorts of different people who all brought their own unique lens to the breath. So I just became a sponge and just consistently saw what breathing can do and just decided, you know what, this is what I want to share with the world. And here we are. Fast forward a few more years after that. And it's just so beautiful to see how breath work has kind of expanded into the world, has made its own little mark it's got its own little footprint now and and how it's helping a lot of people and particularly during this pandemic i really think the breathwork community stepped up to support everyone during this hard time and of course the the result of that is now more people know about breathwork so it's just very exciting all around
0: it was so great to meet Richie back in the uk and learn more about what i should be expecting out here in bali so now I'm off to Breathwork, Barley Edward's place, to experience it for myself. think oh, we're early. Oh, this dog's cute. Hmm. I'm a little lost. Should it be down there, or shall we go in? Maybe it's like down, down there. Hi. Where do we go for the Breathwork? It will be in Serenity 2. So from here, you go straight around 500 meters away on the right side. Ah, okay, thank you. (laughs) Should we drive there? Right. We're on the right track. Sorry, we got lost for ages.
3: Yeah. Are you okay? Welcome.
1: How are you? How are you doing? Doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Oh. Yeah. So there's um, one spot right there, and then maybe one over there. Welcome, everybody. My name's Edward. I think I met most of you on the way in or before. Thanks for all being here. So welcome to this, uh, this Wednesday night circle. Uh, I have the honor of, of guiding this evening. It's funny, I never, I never really know who's, how many people are gonna show up. And I was like looking at Andrea and I was like, oh, I don't know if anyone's gonna show up tonight. And here we are again, there's 20 people that are gonna breathe, which feels really good. So thank you all for being here. I love the mystery of Bali and the unknown. And as we arrive in this space, one of the most unnatural things we can do as a group of humans is sit in a circle and look at each other. So I'm gonna invite us to come to our feet and start to move around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and just initially walking with no like, real intention other than to walk. Look around the room, take in the space. Feel your ankles, feel your feet. Notice the way you're making contact with the Earth. Now keep yourself guessing, change direction a couple of times there. So let's start to make some eye contact with the fellow humans in the space now. Now, let's increase the pace a little bit. More eye contact, cruising around. We're going to bring in the spirit of the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody embodying their, their penguins, bringing in playfulness and curiosity, probably a little bit of stupidity. All right, so let's find out my way back to our map. So, we've got two hours in this space this evening. And we're gonna dive into an active meditation of breath work for a little over an hour and a quarter. And that's a really great opportunity for us to get to know our breath and to get to know ourselves a little bit more. It's interesting, no two circles are ever the same and no two breaths are ever the same. We've never taken the same breath twice. Breathing's so, so unique and different. So tonight we've got this beautiful opportunity to explore our own breathing. And we're gonna use a technique called conscious connected breathing. There's techniques that use the mind to change where we breathe and how we breathe. And they're classified as pranayamas, traditional Indian techniques, or maybe the more modern Wim Hof style of techniques, or some of the breathing apps. And they're helping us to regulate using our mind. So we're bringing our mind to our breath. And that might be something like a box breath, which is going to tell me to inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. So I'm using my own mind to control my breath. In that use of control, I create more freedom and stability in my life. Over on this side of the line, there's the practices that we call body-up or body-based approaches, and they're also using altered states of consciousness. And so we're using a looping breath technique to create an altered state of consciousness, which is a little bit like a trance-like state. And when we enter into a trance-like state, we create some more rapid changes in our breathing. And our breathing controls all of our bodily functions. So it controls our nervous system. Our inhale activates and our exhale relaxes us. And so any dysfunction in our rhythm of breath is going to create dysfunction in our own being. The interrelationship between our inhale and our exhale is changing the functioning of our nervous system, our blood chemistry, digestive function, heart rate, all of our organs, and beyond that, our perception of the world. So we can bring our awareness to our breath to change how we see the world back to what it really is, which is epic. And so over time the interesting thing about breathing is it's neuroplastic, it's malleable, which means it changes with time. The reason breathing is really important is because it allows us to go in this way, it allows us to go into a state of deep relaxation and let go of build-ups of cortisol in our system, which can affect everything, including our immunity. So when we enter into a slightly altered state of consciousness and we change the rhythm of our breathing, what happens is the whole diaphragm function starts to shift and change. And that can become really interesting because we can start to bring up emotion and we can start to move in interesting ways, and that's all welcome. As the doer, as the breather, it's really simple. There's only three things to do. And as a practitioner or someone that's studying it, it's really super technical and complicated. But for you sitting in the circle on the mat who are breathing tonight, there's really only three things to do. And we're going to describe and explain those now. So I'm going to ask for a member of the team, either breathing or facilitating, to come up and demo. And so there's three things to remember for the first time. Is it's, just, it's simple and then you might be asking, am I doing it right? Which can be a, an old pattern story that we tell ourselves a lot, right? And the answer is you are. There's only three things to do. The first one is your body's relaxed and your mouth is open. So that's the first one is happening. That's great. Number two is that the inhale meets the exhale, which meets the inhale. So there's no pause at the top or the bottom. So as soon as Andrea gets to the bottom, he inhales. And as soon as he gets to the top, he lets it go. So there's now a flowing rhythm of breath, one continuous breath. No pause, top or bottom. So that's number two. And number three is we have an inhale that's vibrant and full and an exhale that's relaxed. So the inhale is our masculine doing, go get. And the exhale is our feminine being, relax. Now as a first-time breather, all we've got to do is bring our mind to our breath. Inhale meets the exhale, which meets the inhale, which meets the exhale. And I might bring through a variety of different facilitation techniques. I might just touch into the diaphragm here of the rib cage, and I might just start to change the quality of breath and how it's moving. I just actually slowed him down a bit. You might see that. So we might just start to soften your breath, and we might activate you again. So we might bring through like a little bit more activation. So just with touch, we can start to bring through different qualities of breath. And some other things we might do, bring through sound. So I'm inviting you to OM now. Oh. So, the reason we use sound is to clear the third diaphragm of the vocal cords and also to release carbon dioxide for a long extended period of time. It helps rebalance oxygen and carbon dioxide balance in the body. So, obviously, we can see now there's no breath moving. And sometimes people will drop into this state for minutes at a time. And the first time it happened, it's quite unnerving because it looks apparently that Andrea is no longer breathing, which he isn't. And it looks like, you know, he's probably dead. And then we just saw a gasp there and he starts to breathe. So it's really interesting that we can go into these states where there's very little breath moving for us. It's the natural wisdom of the body that's activating oxygen and carbon dioxide is shifting and this is a self-regulating practice so continue to breathe you see the diaphragm muscle just pulsating a little bit i'm grounding into the space I'm grounding through your back body now we're all here we're all in the space commencing to breathe in and out through the mouth now Bringing your mind gently with one pointed focus to your breath. Starting to presence your breath. We're now going to breathe into the belly, up through the heart. A vibrant inhale and a relaxed exhale. Connecting the breath now. As soon as you get to the bottom, inhale. And as soon as you get to the top, let go. Continue to bring the mind to the breath. Trusting in your process this evening, knowing that everything's moving exactly as it needs to. Good, you're doing it right. Keep breathing into the belly, up through the heart, and letting go. Good, trusting in your process this evening. That's it, everything's moving really well. You're fully supported here. Beautiful, so keep allowing. You just keep breathing in that good way and letting go. So relax your jaw in your mouth now. Good, keep this softer. Breathing into the belly, that's it. Let it be easy. So relax your throat. Keep finding a soft exhale. That's it. So it's like a gentle sigh. That's it. Keep sighing it out. Good. You got it. Stay with that. thanks to our journey this evening to the power and gentleness of our breath honouring the circle gently starting to move our fingers and toes beginning to awaken the body temple gently we'll make our way back into a seated position taking as much time as we need I'd just like to say a deep thanks to everybody for showing up making it a really special evening Thank you for breathing and deep thanks to all of the facilitators and also to Loa and Gila and Pete for your voices and music and instruments. It's really, really epic tonight. It felt so good. We have an opportunity for some sharing. I'm mindful of the time. That was a bit of an epic circle. So we, maybe just some, some experiences if anyone would like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe we'll take four or five people here.
0: I sort of went through a few different stages in it where initially I was like, okay, this is fine. And then my my foot started like twitching. And I was like, that's peculiar, but whatever, I'll I'll go with it. (laughs) And then I actually got to a stage where I was like bored for a second. And I was like, oh no, I'm getting bored. And then all of a sudden these emotions came up and I couldn't stop crying. (laughs) and it brought up some stuff that I wasn't aware of. And then, after that, I just felt like I entered this state of bliss, where the music, I was like, ah, this is what life's supposed to be like. We're all supposed to be connecting like this, and this is actually more normal than our normal lives. I feel pretty wired right now, to be honest. (laughs) So I've arrived here at Edward's home and it's absolutely gorgeous. There's like three different jogalos, which are these wooden houses that they have here in Bali. There's a big swimming pool in the middle and it's surrounded by grass and all you can hear in the background is the crickets as it's a little bit later at night. So as I meet Edward, he takes me into one of the jogglos and there's a bed on the right hand side where I think I'm about to lie down and experience the breathwork. And I think we're gonna go and do the interview just to the left of this and have a chat about everything that he does. So how did you get into breathwork?
1: So uh, <laughs> I I went to a workshop. It was like I was practicing yoga yeah. at a yoga studio in Whistler, Canada and it was an Ashtanga studio and I was going there like twice a week, three times a week and I saw a sign saying there's this breath workshop and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I was like, I got the night off, I'll go and check it out and so I went there and I had no idea what it was and I'd done a lot of yoga and movement and pranayama and I thought I knew what, you know, how to breathe. I walked into the studio and there was this man greeted me, his name's Robin Clements and he was there with Eden, his wife and they were running the workshop Uh, There was like maybe like six of us, seven of us. And the two of them, Robin, like I walked in and I looked at him and there was this moment of like, I know you. And he was like, hey, bro. And I was like, hey. And we gave each other his hug that lasted for like three, four breaths. And then like, he was like, welcome. And I was like, thanks. And he was like, have you ever practiced connected breathing before? And I was like, no. And he's like, cool, this is going to be fun. (laughs) And like, he gave me the demo and showed me what was going to happen. And I lay down and yeah, we dropped in and the music went on and you know, as you experienced actually last night, you yep. know what a uh, breath journey goes. But essentially, like I had no idea what was about to happen. And then I dropped in. Yeah, that moment I'd been studying like trauma and nervous system health and, and development and movement patterns for years. And it, in that, that evening, I felt like I'd been given the hub of the wheel. I've been looking at all of these different things. And then it was like, and here's breathing. That was a moment where I was like, this is it. I'm going to follow this. This is going to be the rest of my life. Like at the end of the session, I went up to Robin and I was like, can I train with you? He's like, yep. Like sometimes my way is to get like really into things. So I then practiced connected breathing five nights a week for like six months. So after that workshop, we ended up like really jamming, like getting on really super well. And then we did an interview together on the beach during that training and then it was just like, I yeah started having like a bit of a man crash, basically. I was like, this guy's rad. And I think, it, I mean Robin will be pretty clear, it's quite reciprocal. But I'm way more scientific and he's a lot more mystical. So we kind of like, we don't. I wouldn't say we conflict, but we like, I respect his mysticism and I think he respects mm. my science, but he's kind of like, oh, you're so scientific. And I'm like, oh, you're so mystical. <laughs> but when we work together, it can be really fun. So we kind of like offer different perspectives. So anyway, after that, yeah, I started practicing a lot. Uh, I worked in the clinic full time already working with movement and trauma. And then I had this additional tool to bring through. I was working like five days a week, six, seven hours a day in the clinic, just like so fascinated by humans and how breath moves in them. Yeah, that's it. I've never looked back. i just like continued fully embracing this path, like deep, super deep in my own practices, started to run some retreats. And then I just got super geeky into it. Like I got really geeky. <laughs> And then like, so reading so much. And then the team in Canada were getting so into it as well. So we had this little community of us that were just like exploring like weird breath patterns and movement and like, yeah, and that was it. So now I've got the same thing here in Bali. You've got like a whole crew of people here in Bali who have like been super interested. They've been my clients, they've trained with me. And now we're kind of at the same level where I'm like, oh, did you see that like weird reflex in the like diaphragm? And yeah, that's kind of what we do now.
0: I can't believe you did it five days a week, just doing that one yesterday. Yeah. I was like, to be fair, I can imagine it is addictive though. Like that high that I had after doing the circle yesterday, it is addictive.
1: Yeah. We're using amazing volume of breath and we're changing blood chemistry and in changing blood chemistry, we're also releasing obviously a lot of hormones and some of them are really rewarding. So the body's like, yeah, thank you for doing that. That felt (laughs) great. So you, you get fully buzzed and- you know, we have different capacities as humans. Yeah, just honouring where people are at is one of the big things. But at that point in my life, I, I was super ready to just dive in.
0: I have to say, it was actually much better than I expected. I did expect it to be good, but yes. it was like off the charts good. I thought there was a fly on my foot. So I was like, oh, why is it twitching? And then it started twitching more. And then my foot uh-huh. went up in the air and started kicking about. And uh-huh. I was like, All right, okay, let's just pretend that didn't happen. Totally. And then in between, people would come up, put their hand on my chest. I wasn't even really that conscious. It was very bizarre. And then I went into a part where all of a sudden I was like, you know, when you meditate and sometimes your mind's too buzzy and you think, I don't want to do this, can't be bothered. But if you push through it, that's when you get the most reward. Totally, yeah. I got to that point with it and I thought how am I going to do this for like an, an hour or whatever? I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do it. Like, oh, uh, and then all of a sudden last year I had an operation. And I was diagnosed with endometriosis uh-huh. and I've always just been like, Oh, I'm not really that bothered by it. Like sure. it's just one of those things. Yeah. It sucks that it's been painful, but I'm actually glad that it's been diagnosed. But in that session, I got really upset about it and was like, actually, I don't even know what it was. It was almost as if like the energy, the negative energy I had towards it was trapped somewhere in my body and Uh it was sort of making its way up. Does that make sense? It
1: makes total sense for sure.
0: And another girl came up and she whispered something in my ear. I can't even remember what it was right now, but I was like, (laughs) I love you so much. But What the hell is going on there? Please can you talk me through that?
1: Yeah, thank you. And like, the, I'm, I'm always amazed by circles. I love hearing your experience. Like Firstly, like it's valid and real. That's yeah. what happens. That's what you felt. That was your felt sense experience. And like, we can't argue with that, right? That's mm. your truth. And when we're going into breath work, we're using a rhythm of breath to basically move us into an altered state of consciousness. So we're changing blood chemistry and we're changing brain function by changing our breath rhythm. if you tell someone like, I'm going to use rhythm of breathing to change your brain state and move you into an altered state of consciousness, they're like, oh yeah, all right, whatever. And then when we lie someone down and we move their breath in that way and they do actually drop in, by the end of it, they're like, what was that? 100% of the time, everyone's like, I can't believe that that happened with just breath.
0: Yeah, definitely. And people
1: are like, what was in the water?
0: Yeah, you do, you do think like, what's going on? Because why do we not get that high off Breathing every day.
1: Sure. So what we're doing is we're using, we're disabling the an area of the brain, the DMN, which is the default mode network, mm-hmm. and we're disabling that, which basically is the way that we normally think. And whilst we're doing that, we're also creating some sensory deprivation by closing our eyes. So we're bringing all of our conscious awareness inside our body, and we're bringing the mind with one pointed focus to the breath. So we're focusing on the internal landscape. So we're basically focusing on interoception, which is the, the felt sense of the interior landscape of our body. We don't often do that like as humans or as a culture very much. like We spend a lot of time looking outside of ourselves, looking at our phones, looking at other people. But when we actually close our eyes and bring our awareness inside, there's not a lot of times that we do that consciously. So when we bring through a conscious practice of like an hour and a quarter of doing that, things are going to move. And all of these parts of ourselves that we might not have felt start to be felt again. And essentially what we're doing is we're remapping the interior landscape of our body through our own nervous system. And we're just sort of reclaiming the parts of ourselves that, that we have maybe numbed. So we re- we're really good at avoiding pain, which is amazing. And in doing so, we create suffering. Because when we avoid pain, we also avoid the corresponding other sensations or emotions that might be coming with it. So every breathing rhythm has a corresponding emotion.
0: So like a baby, uh-huh. if something happens to them, you can see the breath rise up into the chest, is it? Yeah. And then they start crying. And I guess that's them sort of releasing that suffering.
1: Totally. So releasing the pain, there's, a, there's like an energetic response. So basically how it works is there's a stimulus and our body responds to that stimulus and it changes mm. the breath rhythm to change blood chemistry so that we can effectively respond to the stimulus. And one of the examples is like if a tiger walks in here, you and I are both gonna get flooded with cortisol. It's a stress hormone, it's gonna make us super strong and able to outrun it. And that's not something that we want consistently in our lives, but that little bit of stress is gonna be really beneficial to us. So as an example, if you avoid the emotion of grief, that breath pattern is in the upper just below the clavicles. Mm-hmm. So it's a really shallow high breath. It's like a <laughs> And if we avoid that, we also avoid joy because they're almost the same.
0: Yeah. So when I think of laughing, yeah. It's- Exactly, same place.
1: yeah. So most breath sig- rhythms, there's two emotional signatures that are almost side by side. Avoid one and you'll avoid the other.
0: So what's the one in the belly?
1: So down there, you, deep in the pelvis, you have shame. You can touch into that around like anytime you've been in front of a group of people and there's been embarrassment, right? There's going to be some quality of internalized shame. And so that's also going to limit our capacity to connect to our sexual energy. So- Those two are ironically right next to each other, obviously. And when we start to explore that a little bit deeper, like shame around our sexual expression is pretty common in a lot of cultures and societies. So we can understand how they would be linked. So when we see those showing up in someone's patterns of behavior in their life through their stories, we can also see that their breath doesn't move into their pelvis.
0: Do you ever get people who come along to those circles who are like, a block on or a barrier so they don't really experience much or does someone always experience something
1: yeah it's a really good point around like openness what i love about breathwork there's two different ways that i work so i work in clinic Mm one-on-one and i also work in the circles with groups but when someone comes to me in a one-on-one the first thing i i will inquire into is why they're there and that will give me an understanding of their language and like the the context with which i can communicate them with so if someone's like you know i want to prove my lung capacity we're going to speak about the mechanics of breathing and how we're going to increase our lung capacity. And if someone's like, I've got a block in my fifth chakra, we're going to be like, all right, well, let's address that, right? So, I
0: think I'm somewhere uh, in between. Right, so, which is great, right? So
1: now I can speak to you about the mechanics of breath and chakras, which is awesome. In the one-on-one sessions, it's really easy to meet someone where they need to be met. The good news about breath work is it doesn't matter how resistant someone is, they're going to drop in. It's like the more doubt someone has about this practice, normally the bigger their experience. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think that's because when we're not connected to like the mystery or the mysticism or the power of nature or the power of our body or the power of breath, if we're so disconnected from it, when we do connect to it, we can't actually believe how powerful it is. Yeah.
0: We're going to do a one-on-one experience now, aren't we? Yes. In that, I know that you touch in different places, like in the group circles. What does that do? How does that help the experience?
1: Yeah, thank you. So the one-on-one is a little bit different than the group setting. In a one-on-one... I'm, I'm watching every breath. For the next hour, I'll watch every single one of your breaths. And I'm going to dynamically read your breath moment to moment. And your breath is telling me how to facilitate you. So it's giving me the information I need. And so what I'm reading are your three diaphragms. So I'm reading the pelvic floor, the rib cage, and the throat. And in yogic philosophy, they're the bandhas. So it's a tradition of like 5,000 years old that we're, we're essentially working with here. Mm. What I'm looking for is the, the speed and volume and the rhythm of your breath. I'm going to read your breath and I'm going to guide your breath into areas that might be holding your tension. And the way I'm going to do that is, as you mentioned, touch. So I'm going to use my hand and then with my hand, I can also use a verbal cue. So I can say, breathe into my hand. And then I can also like press under your rib cage and I can activate the diaphragm attachment that's under your rib cage. I can press into your clavicles and just get more breath moving up through into the top of the lung. I could work on your neck, which might release your third diaphragm in your throat. And then another facilitation we'll bring through is I might get you to make sound. So I might get you to make a big vibrant ohm or some toning or any sound. Mm -hmm. And that will release the, the vocal cords, which you can hear right now. That's the third diaphragm of breath.
0: Right. So I used to get really bad anxiety and I'd get panic attacks and stuff like that as well. Can you use breath work to help? To be honest, I can feel it now a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm not anxious, but uh-huh. I'm, well, maybe I am.
3: Uh-huh.
0: It feels like everything's a bit tighter in yeah, my chest totally. and my breath is a little bit shallower and stuff. So, what could other people do and myself to alleviate that?
1: So, breath works really effective at changing our state. And I think you touch on a point where it's like anxiety is a really normal state for humans. But if we live in anxiety all the time, that's not really very enjoyable or healthy. So, Some anxiety, some stress is really good and how we manage that in our life is really important. Our rhythms of breath are changing parasympathetic and sympathetic branches of the nervous system. So our rhythm of breath is changing our alertness, our aliveness, and it's also helping us to relax. So the rhythm of breath is going to change our our levels of anxiety. When we read breathing rhythms, we can see where someone is stuck and where they might be creating a blockage in the rhythm of breath that's creating a blockage in their endocrine system, which is their gland system, which is changing their blood chemistry. So we can help people regulate that. It's easy as a breathwork practitioner to see when someone's got dysregulation in their breathing. Now, the next thing to consider is there's a reason we're anxious, right? So I think it's really good to separate out thought and emotion. So the first thing is like, what am I thinking about? Is that creating an emotional response or what is the external stimulus? So right now we've probably got a lot of really good reasons to be anxious in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's a shitstorm out there. Yeah. Right? And so like when we're looking at those, those, that stimulus, what's my response to that? And is it appropriate? And then the next thing is like, what, why am I having that? And what are, the, what are the actions I'm going to take now with that energy? And how am I going to direct that into my life in such a way that it's going to create some meaningful change?
0: So for people listening right now, if there was a few things that they could do to improve their health through breath work that they could do at home or something like that, is there any tips that you would give them?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's a really simple exercise that you can practice for the rest of your life and it's called box breathing. And it helps actually regulate the two branches of the nervous system, create balance. And it helps actually increase our lung capacity and also our capacity to sit in our own discomfort. Also our capacity to sit with oxygen and CO2 levels. So we're constantly improving our brain's senses to CO2. And the reason we breathe is because we actually have high levels of CO2 that we need to balance. And it's called box breathing because you inhale for a certain count, you hold your breath in for a certain count, you exhale for the same count, and you hold at the bottom for the same count. So it's like, I'm going to inhale for two seconds, hold at the top for two seconds, exhale for two seconds, and hold at the bottom for two seconds which gives our mind something to focus on. And for those of us with really super busy minds that are really alert and active, counting in our head whilst controlling our breath gives us enough stimulus that we actually don't start to wander off into other things. So once we've mastered two seconds and we practice that for like five minutes, we can increase it to three seconds. And then generally we'd say you add one second per month. Well, when you get up to a 10 second practice, this is becoming really potent. So we're really dropping how many breaths we take and we're increasing O2 and CO2 levels in our body and becoming really familiar with ourselves. So for me, like if everybody practiced box breathing for 15 minutes in the morning and added one second to their count every month, like, it would change people's emotional regulation and capacities and our perspective of the world would also change as well. Okay, so... We're going to drop in.
0: A bit nervous. Journey.
1: Yeah. What are you nervous about?
0: Making a tear out my mouth.
1: Yeah. How would you do that?
0: Shaking and uh-huh. stuff.
1: Sure. So that's all welcome. Okay. So whatever moves through you, like on in the body responses. When your mind is judging your experience, then you might limit it. Okay. So if your leg wants to move, it wants to move, right? If your arms want to twitch out, they want to twitch out. It's all welcome here. People do amazing things on the table. Just okay. just allow it to flow okay yeah or sound is welcome or your voice is welcome as well so there's a little piece we're going to clear in the throat there as well
0: okay oh okay Uh
1: what's your intention
0: i don't know how do i figure that out
1: so a great way to do that is to close your eyes and bring your awareness into your heart and just ask your heart what is it that you're inviting in
0: okay the things that come up with freedom and expression
1: Amazing. amazing so good okay so, yeah, inviting you to lie on your back with your head at the center and feet at that end. Freedom and
3: expression. <laughs> Where the hell do these things come from? <laughs>
1: from your heart. From your heart intelligence. So grounding through your back body. And I'm feeling the support of the table below you. Good, and relaxing your jaw and your mouth now. Good. That's it, so continue to bring your mind to your breath. Good, you're doing it right. So you're in a safe space, you're fully supported. You're seen and you're heard, you're accepted as you are. And all emotion is welcome. And trusting in the wisdom of your body and the wisdom of your breath, and knowing it's moving exactly as it needs to inviting in all movement, inviting in sound as it needs to move through your body temple, knowing that it's all welcome here. starting to deepen your inhale now. Good, vibrant inhales and relaxed exhales. Feels good to breathe. Feels good to feel my body. Feels good to let go. I'm gonna clear the throat now. So two ohms, inhale.
3: Uh. Inhale, let go.
1: Good. Inhale, let go. Good. Keep allowing. Keep trusting. I'm gonna go to the throat with some sound. Ah. Two
3: more like that. Ah. One more, inhale. Ah.
0: Good,
1: inhale, leg go. Let your jaw right. fall open here. We're gonna make sound again.
3: Ah,
1: good. Two more like that. Ah. Oh, ah. let the head be heavy
3: again.
1: Ah. sand again.
3: Oh.
1: Ah. That's it, good, keep going into that. Ah. So welcome. Keep letting your legs move. They can shake if they need to. Good, go into that right leg, that's it. Follow that movement, man. Good, go into that. Keep moving. I'm gonna bring through sound with that as well. Good, keep going. Let your knees move. Good, go into that as much as you need to. Beautiful. I hear you. Start to soften the body now. Softening the breath. Moving into relaxation. There's no more work to do here. Keep allowing. Just let it all fall out. Find your breath. That's. Feel the support in my hands. Just let it all go. That's it. It's all welcome. You're accepted in all ways, in all states, in all emotions. You're accepted as you are. Relax your jaw and your mouth. Keep breathing in and out of your mouth now. That's it. Nice full inhale. That's it. Good. Deep inhale. Let it go. Good. Softening now. We're going to move into deep rest. Welcome back.
2: Hi. Hello.
0: I feel like I need to share that with you. Please. You're
2: so welcome.
0: <laughs> I had like this tingling sensation like all down my arms and then I had this pain in my stomach yes, like where I think the endometriosis and stuff is and it felt like a, like a lump. That's the only sort of way I can describe it. I don't know, you were sort of manipulating that or doing different things. And then I got this sort of like... <laughs> This is embarrassing. I got this like voice in my head that was like, when you held my head and my hair, I thought, oh, I love you. Like, I love you. <laughs> and then I really, it sort of went down to my stomach and it was actually, no, I was saying to myself, no, I love you. Like, I love me. I love myself. Thank like, you. and it's kind of like the bad energy I've been sending down there because I'm quite critical of like my. Stomach and stuff, yes, and then this is where I was very like surprised. My mum was cheated on when she was pregnant with me. It felt like a lot of that I like could f- I could feel got it
1: oh, yeah, let it move it's okay, it's welcome <sighs> uh, it's-
0: could like feel the pain. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Please, keep allowing. The pain that she went through, going through that, being pregnant with me, and just was like trying to sort of heal that for her and sort of like Mm. say thank you to her for sort of like giving birth to me even though she was, you know, sort of going through that pain. And then it gets (laughs) healed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My mum got taken into hospital when she was pregnant with me I think it was before she knew about the cheating. I don't know uh, because she was bleeding mm-hmm. and it turns out she had, I was one of a twin and and that twin no longer sort of existed. I don't think she knew that it was a twin. So I don't think she ever like mourned the loss of it or anything. Uh, in fact, I feel really like a weirdo saying this, but it felt like my twin was almost like speaking to me and being like the reason if you ever feel lonely and stuff or if you've ever felt like a misconnection, it's because like not I was supposed to be with, there with you because it felt very much like I don't know why he uh-huh. was never yes. meant to to be here, but he was always wow <laughs> god, yeah, this is okay. bizarre. Yeah. Always with me Thank sort you. of thing. Lucky day for me.
3: Yes.
0: How oh, weird. Why am I getting upset so well? about so that?
1: Oh, you just allow it. Okay, so <sighs> Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Really honoring that that's your experience and that you felt that as well. Yeah. Those are your first memories. That are cellular. (laughs) So it's like that's in your being. You remember that. You remember your twin being there and and then you don't remember it anymore. You know, it's like you remember them not being there anymore. There's that sense of loss. This might sound really weird. I've heard that story before from a client oh really like two and a half years ago in Canada I had a client who had the exact same experience
3: oh really yeah
1: like twins in the womb and then they like went back and felt that same experience so your mother's pain as well when she went through that experience you would have felt that in her
3: <sighs> what have you done to me i <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: heard that before power of the breath thank you you're so welcome
0: So it's the following day since I did my one-on-one breathwork experience with Edward. And I have to be honest with you, I'm feeling a little bit weird about it all. I know what I felt and I know what I saw, but I um, I spoke to my boyfriend back in the UK on the phone last night and I was trying to explain to him everything that I was seeing and feeling whilst I was at at Edward's place yesterday and it just sounded so crazy listening back to myself saying those things and I almost couldn't even articulate it and put it into words. I don't know if that's something that other people will find difficult to listen to or if there will be a level of scepticism but I think for me I was quite sceptical before doing the breathwork. like I thought it might be something that would make me feel a little bit calmer but I certainly didn't expect it to bring up stuff from being in my mother's womb, for God's sake, or, or my, feeling my mum's pain. I don't know. I I have to admit, though, I woke up this morning, and I've, I've been to F45, and I feel absolutely buzzing. I feel like all I know is I really want to do it again. And I can imagine how it would be quite addictive, really, because it's like getting... A bit of a high but just from real life without taking substances or without drinking and stuff like that so I'm so grateful to Edward for guiding me through all of that it was very personal and I mean in his hut so he has like a like a a little villa type thing with different huts which is where the bed was and I walked in there and I was feeling a little bit nervous, mainly because I didn't I didn't really want to just cry on my own in a room with a stranger or sort of I guess go through it and, and not experience something either. But it just all unfolded very, very naturally. And at the end I really did feel like I was floating and I, I felt like I was in heaven or something. It was it was very bizarre and I can understand if someone's been through something traumatic. in in their life, how it could could certainly help sort of bring up those things. The the weird thing for me is that there was two sections of this. So there was obviously the group breathwork session where it came up that I was actually a little bit upset about my endometriosis diagnosis, which I hadn't actually ever thought before I was that upset by really. It just feels like in the one-on-one session, it's sort of delved into why like the, the underneath why of that so i'll uh, i guess i'll see how i feel over the next few days thank you so much richie and edward for being a part of this episode of finding feel good if you want to find out more about richie go to thebreathguy.com and if you want to find out more about edward search breathwork barley we'll put those links in the show notes too and thanks to you for listening We'll be back next week with even more adventures into finding feel-good. I'll be trying out life coaching with George Cooper here in Bali. And sometimes it
2: helps to bring bring it to our conscious awareness what it actually means to have
0: enough. And talking to spiritual teacher Angelika Alana about why it helps us find our feel-good. When you are ready, the guides and the teachers will appear. It's going to take energy, but by God, heaven awaits you. Right, it's sunset. I'm off for a stroll on the beach. I'll see you next time.